This CSM 14 candidate interview is part of a larger series. You can find more interviews with many other candidates at talkinginstations.com. This interview of candidate Matterall, a member of Northern Coalition Dot, begins with Raiden asking about how Matterall plays Eve. Um, tell yeah. us a bit about how long you've played, your game style, because we all know you from Talking Stations and the Eve media. So mm-hmm. I just really want to know what you do in Eve. What, what is your game style? And yeah, tell us a bit about that. Well, um, I'll tell you a little bit about the past and a little bit about where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. In the past, um, I did everything that old school players did. So I came in around 2008. I'd heard about EVE Online since like 2005, 2006, but I couldn't be persuaded to play it. I was playing a different game. Um, and I didn't see myself playing a game where I was a ship. I needed, you know, At mm-hmm. that point, I was playing MMOs, but I needed to be an avatar because I just could relate to it better. And then my friend uh, was saying, oh, look, they're going to get walking in stations and then it'll be a whole different ballgame. So, you know, <laughs> you might as well. And at the time, I was looking for a game that would take less time to play because <laughs> so, yeah. I just couldn't dedicate the time to it. Um, so around 2008, I finally got in and um, I was really captured by the, uh, the complexity and the stories that I'd heard and read about. Uh, and I was really attracted to this idea of a game that you could play casually and you could progress. You didn't have to grind and mm-hmm. could exist in it. And so I started to basically play the game by myself. And then I figured out like, oh, I see. So what you want to do is you want to get to these elite groups. And so I started working towards that. And every successive corporation, I would groom myself for the next application. So one thing that people should know is that every corporation I got into, I got into because I earned my way in by myself. I was never part of a corp merger that brought me into a place. And I wasn't part of a uh, any kind of celebrity hire or anything like that. So at, at a certain point, I was um, able to to think about the game and talk about the game a lot more than I was actually able to play the game. So I started writing articles and analyzing the game and really just approaching it as a student of the game and trying to figure out like what goes on behind the scenes because I really wanted that information when I was coming up. I wanted to know the narratives and actually the on the subtext of those narratives. I wanted to understand mm-hmm. all the things that were happening. So that was what I began to dedicate myself to doing is explaining that to other people that were coming up to involve them because that's the richness that he has. So my gameplay now, and actually at the time too, is just about all aspects of you online, which means that I do a lot of market market work. So I'm buying stuff. I'm trying to figure out what will go up in time, uh, and then I invest in things and hold it for six months to a year. And then I slowly sell that stuff. Uh, sometimes the cycles are shorter. Um, and so I do a lot of market stuff. I build industrial stuff. I believe I have, um, not anymore, but at one point I had just about every uh, BPO except wow. Titans and motherships because I had to hold Sob to build that kind of stuff. So I never yeah. really got that. But I have all the dreads. Um, I don't have all the faxes or I'm missing one or something like that. But anyway, the point is I had just about everything and all of it was researched up to the max. Um, except for the ships, the ships are very hard to research that high, but before we actually had the changeover to the new percentage based research, I bought up, I bought up and spent the small fortune, uh, all the BPOs that had really, had a really good conversion rate because people had, you know, figured out how to how it was going to convert. So I have, you know, like Rorkel at 
9% off when you build it. Uh, I have Archons at 10. Uh, and, uh, no, no. Uh, the, I have freighters at 10, stuff like that. So anyway, the point yeah. is that is building and has been building for a long time. Of course, I fly in, in um, tie-dye because I can actually play <laughs> European time zone at work because tie-dye allows me to um, not have to constantly play catch-up because everything takes so long. So that's kind of, it's kind of a funny byproduct of tie-dye. It allows people to play and do other things at the same time, which, <laughs> which is good. Netflix and tie-dye, it'll be a real work in <laughs> tie-dye. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, and, 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 you know, I've done a lot of uh, PVP in the sense of the uh, capitals versus subcapitals. When I got into capitals, it changed my life because now I didn't get stuck if I had a bail on a fleet. Um, the, the one thing that my life hasn't allowed me to do, which regret, it's regrettable, but it's understandable, is that I can't do anything that's super dependent, dependent upon. So I can't be an FC. Yeah. I can't be a scout. Um, I can't abandon a group um, when real life strikes. And, and so I never did any of those things I did FC and I did scout, of course, but I couldn't do it all the time. Otherwise, I yeah. might have seen that as a career choice. But yeah. yeah, so I do a lot of different things. And mostly I think about the game and try to analyze the game and interpret that for others. Okay. Um, with Talking Stations, you have a very respected platform for offering your thoughts, opinions. Um, well, my actually, question really is... Why do you think you need to see it on the council? What are you hoping to influence that you can't right now using the platform you have? That's a good question. It's one I ask a lot of people when they're running for CSM that already have a position of influence. Uh, there's two things. One is it's not my opinion, right? I, I have talking in stations, and the reason it's successful is because I don't use my opinion very much. I let other people express mm -hmm. their opinions and that's why it's i think the success is that you're hearing from the people who have a very informed view on something um the second thing is it's not necessarily influence that you have um for instance if you have like Suetonia uh, running for office he's an expert at certain things or yeah. elise or any of these guys and ccp devs know them and have known them over the years so when they have a technical question that they're like hmm, maybe i'm not thinking about this right they could call those guys and say what do you think about this i'm thinking that, that, that. You know, they can kind of work over something with those kinds of people those people still want to sit on the csm because it's an official place for them to say uh, a broad spectrum of things not just to be asked one thing but they can they can really weigh in on a broad spectrum of things um, for me it's not necessarily that i have any influence over ccp or any influence in the way the game is developed and that's what I am running for CSM for. It's to influence the game and to give a perspective, and not to influence it for me, but yeah. for what I think is missing. And I think the development path has really gone to balancing and has become very insular. And I want to say broaden your uh, marketing messaging. Um, these are things that are not in the game, but they're associated with the game. Yeah. Appeal to people who don't play this game, and here are ways that you can do that. you got to make eve imaginary again you got to make it appealing not only to readers uh but to people who um, see themselves playing the game because it's not too crazy complex and inside ball game 
uh, and already won by people. That's what keeps a lot of people so, out, in my opinion. Do you consider yourself a community candidate, uh, meaning a player focused on the growth of the broad community rather than fine-tuning details related to the actual gameplay? No, I don't. I kind of feel like that's like if you if you can't do it, then teach it. <laughs> that's a terrible thing to say, but it's and my wife's a teacher. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of like if you don't have any talents and you're not really good at the game, well, then you can be a community rep. I think that's a really terrible thing to say, and I'm sorry for saying it. I feel like that's one of the things that people can offer. It's like, I'll be a conduit. I'll tell CCP what you want, and I'll tell you what CCP wants, and I'll be your conduit to CCP. So I'm a community candidate, and I am not that. Okay. Uh, I'm coming in with, with a full, mature, uh, more than decade of playing this game intensely. I've never taken a break. And I'm coming in with my own perceptions on where CCP needs to develop the game further. And it's not just, again, it's not just about the players that are here and balancing the game for them. It's about the players that are out there that need to be brought in. Okay. Um, in your, I keep calling it a preamble, but it's not. It's your candidacy forum post. Um, yeah. I call it the preamble because it's before everything's decided who's going to actually be running. And uh, it's, it's my own personal thing. Um, mm -hmm. But you stated that you have no agenda um, as the C CSM reacts mainly to CCP development, which is true. Um, some people join the CSM in the hopes they can influence balance or the economy, for examples. Your mm -hmm. manifesto of beliefs is what I'm going to call it today. Um, sounds <laughs> like you think Eve needs some fundamental changes. Is that what you hope to influence or are these just your beliefs in summary? I am going to go through them with you. Sure. Um, I uh, just wanted to see if... Um... There are beliefs. I think that what people do is they need to define themselves for voters, right? They need sure. to say, like, if, if you agree with me, then vote for me. And the way they do that is saying, I think this is wrong. I want it fixed. Here's my idea on how to fix it. Even though CCP's probably already thought of that idea, or that idea and that game sector aren't even on the mm -hmm. agenda for the path for the next year or two. Therefore, you're wasting a seat. And that's something that other CSM point out as well. So coming to the CSM to say, there's a thing I want to fix, doesn't really work. Yeah. So what people are actually doing there is saying, if you believe what I believe, then you, I'm your candidate. I'm the guy that's going to represent your interests. And that's valid to some degree. So I didn't bother doing that because I don't have a specific agenda about what mechanics I want change. I'm saying this is a point of view, it's informed, it's mature, it's somebody who cares about the game in this way, yeah. and if you care about it that way too, then you should vote for me. Well, let's, let's have a deeper look at these um, beliefs, because on the forum post, um, some of them can be taken two different ways, so I, I'd just like to elaborate on them and get your meaning behind the belief statement, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, we'll start at the top with, Eve should be complicated but not stupid. Can you elaborate on that? I know you gave a small example of someone putting a zero in the wrong place. It's stupid. Um, yeah. So the, the, to explain that further, because these are, they might be a little bit too vague. Maybe I should sharpen them up. But I will say that a little. <laughs> Eve's, Eve's complexity is very, very interesting. It's very attractive to intelligent players. And those are the kinds of players that usually stick around a long time in EVE Online. It's a professional's game. Let's face it, the, the player base is older. Um, you do have some clowns that are, uh, you know, 
younger and goofier, but most of the player base is stable, employed in the tech industry. They're lawyers, they're military personnel that believe in organization. It's very intelligent a gameplay. Some of my favorite moments come from watching local and have and listening as one person's helping his daughter with math, asking for help to an NPC corporation, and like three guys are chiming in about geometry. So that's the yeah. level of uh, guys that are playing this game. And it, make no mistake, it's mostly guys. And so Eve needs to be complicated, and it needs to be something that you figure out over a long period of time. It's a slow burn. What is uh, what is stupid or is that what I said? What was yeah, but not stupid. But not stupid. And that what's what is stupid is I press a button expecting to get an item and I get a different item. <laughs> or I uh, make a deal with some, they give me an item and I'm pushing the button to accept and all of a sudden it changes a number and I accidentally pay 10 times what I wanted to pay for that. That is stupid. Uh, and it, and it, mechanics are built that way and it creates some awkward situations where people feel cheated and i think well, not, not only cheated but devastated sometimes but this leads into um something else you stated in there which i'm going to give my little thought on it um you said scams are weak gameplay clever yeah. scams are incredible incredible gameplay See, this yes. had me thinking, does this mean a, a GTX doubler is weak gameplay, but someone who thinks of something bigger is yeah. better? Because um, for me, a scam's a scam, irrelevant on size. So no, they're different. Be devastated. No, they're different, and uh, I'll tell you why. Okay. I think you've got to earn, you've got to earn your scam, basically. Like, if you look at one of the things that brought in a lot of players, including myself, was reading Murder Incorporated. And Adori, you can find it online. It disappeared for many years, but it's back online. I cited it, I believe, or will cite it in my column. There, read that story. It's a great story about how people spent eight months infiltrating um, a corporation back then. That was basically corporations, yeah, um, not, not alliances, and slowly setting themselves up to be able to execute at one moment a devastating attack um, where they uh, took away enormous amount of wealth and um, hurt this corporation like beyond repair. And it was, a, it was a big moment in EVE because CCP was called on to fix that, that it was going to chase people out of the game, and it was a big, big deal. And CCP said, we're not going to fix it. This is a sandbox, and you guys, uh, these guys outplayed you, basically. And a lot of people were attracted to that because now they can come and do the same thing or their imagination lights up. That is different. That's a complex heist that you earned. But the other things are just mechanics that people can't understand when they play this game or even if they've played the game for a long time. It's not just new players that are victims here. I'm not defending the new guy. Mm. I'm defecting the guy that hasn't done it yet. I might have played five years doing things, but then I come and I want to, <clears throat> uh, uh, you know, uh, I want to land on a Fortizar. Um, oh, you're talking about scams mm -hmm. here. So I want to um, buy some, buy something on a contract, and it's labeled a certain way. And I click on it, and the ship looks right. And I hit OK, and I bought a T1 version and paid the T2 price yeah. because you could label the contract the wrong ship. And to me, that is just not – the guy didn't earn that – scam essentially but it's just a little honest, I, I think he did because he's thought if i do this in this way i can do this a lot of times and make and make it so 
They've got yeah. to find that way. It's the same as the guy. I, I'm no. saying the complexity's not the same. It, there's certainly no gameplay. It's still clever thought, I think. No, it's not. It's it's not gameplay. It's it's more like using a mechanic to cheat somebody, uh, and you use a bot basically to bark it all day long, and then you walk away, you know, and you come back to see how many guys you caught. Ah, right. Um, that kind of stuff is that kind of stuff is not gameplay. That you didn't outsmart somebody, and you didn't put yourself at risk, and you didn't actually earn it. Um, you know, it's hard to interpret what earning is, yeah. but if you just read about how to do a scam and then you do it and you let the bots do the work, as soon as you start uh, saying bot, then I understand that. But if a person's physically doing this himself all day, I think he deserves that risk if he catches people because it is a sandbox. You're allowed to be a thief, uh, effectively a mugger in this case. Um, I, I still think it's a, it's a sandbox. It's a sandbox, but he, but there's balances, right? You I mean this? This isn't a pure sandbox definitely uh things that you can't do right like you certainly can't be racist and say anything you want inside of a channel because you oh yeah of course yeah. so we have restrictions to the sandbox so it's not a pure sandbox and what what you what you need to look at is how much damage you do the game is how much how much enjoyment does it provide people mm -hmm. and if you allow little mechanical errors uh, or, or errors in the mechanics that allow this kind of behavior, you rules. Therefore, uh, a trade with somebody you don't know, or maybe even someone you do know, is a very risky proposition. So you would call those sort of scams uh, effectively an exploit, is what you're saying? Well, you got to be careful with saying the word exploit. <laughs> but what, but Sorry, what, yeah. I, what I think they are is uh, they're, they're bad design and they need to be fixed and they can be fixed and i think pretty easily okay um right i've we'll go back to the top again so i skipped halfway down the thing um that's okay they go together here's right. one that really um intrigued me which is doing things is important but building your potential to do things is the secret to longevity um yeah i'd like you to elaborate on that but how have you done this in your career in Eve? Oh my God. Everything I've done has been building potential. Um, the, the thing, so, and that's why my, my, the whole thing is, um, how do you build, what do you mean about building potential? Can you explain that to yeah. basically idiots like me? <laughs> You're not an idiot. And I'll, <laughs> I'll explain it. just my, my, I think I was a little vague on all my things because I'm trying to say these are beliefs. And, and if you, yeah, it's more, it just more to, to understand your thought process yes. really. Okay. So, uh, doing things is great. CCP wants you out there doing things. They want you to undock and go do a thing so you can kill or be killed because that creates the engine, a big part of the engine that runs EVE Online, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's only part of it. I think it's only part of it. It's not all of it. But um, doing that is empty if it doesn't have any meaning. And I think one of the things for players is that they stick to the game when they are investing in the game. So how are you investing in the game? Uh, we invest all the time when we log in and switch our skills because now it's ticking up a different skill and we're planning that. It's time. We invest. Well. It's time and investment of patience. And when we learn about how to do a thing in the game, when we're trying to learn a new profession in the game, for instance, you're putting in time to research it to see how it's done. You take some time to experiment with it. You're building the potential to do it if you want to. Uh, so people go on a test center all the time to figure out how they can do a thing, and then when the actual feature hits, they're actually able to do it um, right off the bat. Other people wait until after other people discover how to do it and tell them through some media 
how to do it. And then they start doing it for like missions. Um, oh, I forget what the site's called, but there was a site that had all the missions and how you do them quickly. Yeah. Uh, and so, so people will go to that and they'll figure out how to do it, but they're putting in that, they're earning the potential to do it. They're not going to do it all the time, but they're earning the potential to do it. And I think ISK, earning ISK is the potential to do it. I think racking up PVP kills as well is the potential to go to a better corporation that will accept you because you're this or that kind of a fighter. Yeah. So doing things is something that CCP is always saying, like, we want people out there doing stuff. And I'm saying, okay, that's good. But a person gets tired of doing a thing. One thing they never get tired of is counting their gold or collecting yeah. the possibilities of doing something else with that gold. This um, this sort of segues into um, another thing you've said in here. Um, you think there should be more avenues for players to build their reputation? Absolutely. And is this part yeah. of that? Because in the sandbox, yeah. players make their own path. Eve has always said, make your own path, create the game, that sort of thing. So are you suggesting... Um, a suggestion of uh, streamed reputation through structured gameplay, or what do you mean by that? Well, it's it's not something. Okay, so what that is is I, I, I find that in Eve Online there are multiple currencies, right? You used to have Aurum. <laughs> okay, let's start mm -hmm. with the basics. You used to have Isk, right? Yeah. Right? And you have Isk. You have Plex. You used to have Aurum. That's gone. But you have also Time is a currency because uh, if you use Isk or Plex, you are cutting out time, uh, or you can just wait the time. And the other one is reputation, right? Because what do you do with all this time is you build reputation. That's one of the leaderboards that people want. Uh, so I think th there needs to be a diversification of recognition in the game, whether that comes from CCP's mechanics or player-made features, like a kill board, for instance, that shows how much yeah. you kill. That's a leaderboard. It's built by players. Um, and it runs the motivational engine of why people PvP, pretty much, right? Okay, yeah, it's that's what I mean. Part of it, yeah. So, what if you like have things like Z kills should be in game? Well, no, there shouldn't. And I'm not saying they should be in game because this is something that can ha again. This is a belief. It's oh, not yeah, telling CCP they need to do a thing. Yeah, but it's but it is there should be other forms of recognition. And I like that CCP has recognized as Katya Seya, for instance, for sailing around oh, the yeah. world. That, I think that's, that's pretty a cool. really nice thing they've done there. Right. And it sends a message, right? Because that captures the imagination of people who don't even play the game to say like, wow, this person flew for nine years and didn't get killed once. And that's, Anybody can understand that that's a commitment. Uh, and that's a big deal. Incredible is what it is. And I'm really glad they have immortalize the feet either. yeah and the thing is that's a singular thing right she's she's the first to do it and the only one to do it because you can only do it first one time yeah. towards that nobody else can necessarily aspire to do that but if you had more mechanisms that were leaderboards for the kinds of things that are not pvp oriented you might get a diversification of behavior and you, you want that. You want multiple hooks in EVE Online mm -hmm. to keep multiple types of people here so that it feels full. Otherwise, you're going to get nothing but PvP, nothing but mechanics that balance and rebalance over and over again, PvP, to keep those guys on their toes. And then this game becomes a big PvP engine, and all the imaginary sci-fi virtual world stuff goes out the window or is diminished to a point where it's not really worth investing any more development time into. So it's a cycle. 
So you need to get people to motivated to do different things so that you can develop for different things. Well, this sort of, again, this moves into something else you said, um, which is PVP isn't everything, nor is continuous. I, I paraphrase slightly. Uh, mm -hmm. Nor is continuous balancing as important as new features. So you, there's an yeah. argument here for, I know these are just beliefs. This is not what you're going forward with. It's, but if it's in your head, then there's got to be an argument for it. Because um, yeah, to me, right. it's, um, I would honestly say, fix what you have first and move on from a solid base. Because sometimes games get into development debt and things like that, and they can't yeah. climb above it. They're always bobbing at the top of the water, but they're never out. Yeah, a lot so, of people a lot of people say that. You're right. And I don't I don't necessarily agree with it. And here's why. I think you need to recall players that have played this game and got bored of it because there was nothing new to play. And second, you need to appeal to new players who read about it but haven't figured out anything they like in the game that they could play. Uh, so new features draws in new people, it draws in old people that were before. Mm -hmm. And additionally, it gives other people, people that aren't already, you know, experts and have skill level five on everything, uh, PVP oriented, to find a thing that they can do first or well or compete well. And so that's why you need like more features because people need to pioneer too. They need to feel like they're in the advanced group and taking advantage of figuring out how a thing works. That's that's part of motivation. Um, if you're balancing and rebalancing. You, first of all, you're always going to carry some design debt, always, right? You just don't want to build a game into corners that you can't ever get out of, therefore the game, everything is broken all the time, which is but, what MMOs did in the 90s. But um, with but, Eve, there is a lot that still needs work that is actually broken right now. And there will if, always, there's, there's stuff that works. It's just that players don't use it like it's supposed to work. And so that is, you're, you're automatically getting debt just because players aren't using it the way it's work <clears throat> and and you're always going to have that i don't think you ever get to a point where everything works in eve online and here's my evidence of that more people played the game and it was a worse game but they played the hell out of it in 2010 2012 right more people yeah. played the game then than play oh, yeah. now so you That's can have a, you can have a nice polished game and you're going to have a lower population and at a certain point people figure out like, well, what's the purpose of this? You know, it's a great, games get really good when they're about to die. But I, turns the out. Thing that, um, I'm, I'm quite an odd guy. Um, I'm not, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. That's the sort of person I am. I can't go too mm -hmm. deep into things. But with this one, um, I was thinking at the moment, I know there's not a balanced team, but the last balance pass was really, really good. I, I think it was a really good balance pass. The yeah. CSM worked really well with it to bring that forward. And um, they used their, that's what they're for, effectively, is CCP will give them something. They'll have a look at it. They'll say, yes, this will work, but I think you need stronger here or less here. I think that's a massive part of what the CSM is about. Is that helping with balance? No, that's what the CSM has been about lately. It's not what it used to be about at all. It's just a matter of perspective. But I think that is important that you do balance a game, right? Because you want to mm -hmm. turn the soil over for new players to try to figure out how to test themselves as well. You don't leave them behind saying, yeah, PvP is just going to be static. That, I don't know if you need a balanced team. If everybody is communicating from different teams, 
then you're going to have balance in the fact that they're being collaborative. Um, because, uh, in fact, that might even be more effective than just three or four guys that are like, well, what are the stats on this? Well, how do we balance that out? Hmm. Uh, I, I don't really know what the best development method is. It could be one or the, one or the other or both. And I'm not saying get rid of balance. I'm saying that it can't be just about because all you're doing is creating interesting gameplay for the people who are already here. And I think you need to create interest for people who aren't here yet. So you th- you're um, just going back to the marketing side of things you were talking about. You think um, or you believe that new content is driving new people in, which I, I do agree with you. I, this is why yeah. this year is really exciting for me with um, the new stuff happening this year with the Triglavian things. and I'm yeah, really excited about it. It, it. I think this year is a good year for it. Yeah, if you look at if you look at the way population used to go, and you can look at this offline, right? you can see the population during the expansion increased dramatically, like mm-hmm. you know twenty percent higher, which is a lot. That and then it would, lot, yeah. and then it would trickle away and go away, and it would come back up every six months. It was coming back up, and uh, I I think that people come back to say, hey, what's new? You can see that in Reddit or in the forums where people are like, okay, I'm back after two years. What's changed? You know, they're, they want to know like, what, what's the new things to do? And if you don't have an answer for that, like, no, everything's basically the same. It's just kind of, you know, uh, it's, you know, yeah. it's just different, uh, different stats. <laughs> on things. Yeah. Yes, it's like, the know. general one, but I, yeah, I well, hopefully there's some exciting stuff coming. I, I think there will be, um, the amount of hype been put into, um, especially this month's expansion. Which is uh, invasion, I believe. Yes, um, abyssal invasion. I, I think the hype that they're putting into this hopefully will reward what actually happens. We shall yeah. see. We shall see. I, I do um, want to. I want to oh, give yeah, you a Karen. little more, a little more credit on the balance thing, though. I do agree. Balance balances are new gameplay as well, because uh, when the, when the and Rise were both when they were first um, devs, they actually did balance passes on cruisers totally mm-hmm. changed cruisers and made them viable again. And that was fantastic. It resurrected a lot of ships and you've seen the same thing with modules. Uh, I think a lot of the, uh, balance passes for the industry and the cryos expansion were amazing. Yep. Cohesive, um, improvements to the game that really needed it. Uh, I would, I would like to see balance passes. I don't think balance passes are a bad thing. And then you should constantly refine the graphics of this game. And now we're moving into a 64-bit engine, which you could yeah, say is not, that's not a feature. That's more of an improvement on technology. Gee, those kinds of things are important, too, because it's oh, yeah, going to change the way people see the game uh, that don't play it. Right. And here's, a, here's one which I, I really do need you to expand on this one, because I was like, I think <laughs> I get what you mean, but I'm really not sure. Uh, okay. Which was market and industry needs a form of active gameplay. Yeah, Is, are you talking about botting here? Just no. To oh right, okay. Yeah. So I thought you were talking about yeah, people yeah. just having bots that can literally watch the market, buy, sell. You know that sort no, of thing. I, I mean, what do you, you mean by this one? If you can incorporate bots into the game that do menial tasks for you, then yeah. But but not bots in the in the sense of your macroing. You're using a third-party software yeah. to macro. I, I thought this is what you were um, aiming no. towards, getting rid of something like that. But I kind of explained it in one of the posts down there, because somebody else asked me, can you clarify? And I was counting on 
clarifying things. So I'm glad you're asking me and I'm glad they're asking me in that in that forum thread. So look there for some answers. But I'll tell you that the answer for this is active gameplay is like um, PI, for instance, is a harvesting active gameplay mechanic. Uh, if you're, it, it used to be if you were moon mining, you just set something up, it started, to, you know, it was like a drip and you let it go and it drip, drip, drip. And then a month later you come and you pick up all the water and you take it to the market. And that was all it was. It's a very passive yeah. income. I mean, if anything, you just defended the space. That was it. But with PI, they went in a different direction. They said, okay, if you have a cycle that only lasts three hours, for instance, then you're going to get a lot more than it drip, drip, drip for uh, a week. So you're saying there's a passive income if you want it. You can let it go for a week. Or if you want to be active and you want to like, sit here and wait for it, then you get much higher rewards. And I think that's a neat, um, I guess, sliding scale of um playability so now somebody who's really into that thing can actually spend time with it and somebody who's not into it can just let it be a passive income in the background and i think you need that kind of thinking for industrialists because industrialists industrialism right now is passive yeah. and all you're doing is baking it's just baking you put, you put everything together you wait three four days take it out of the oven yourself right and the only difference is that you can cut your costs. That's the gameplay, right? The quicker you, you want to make it, it as cheap as possible. Yeah. Well. So you're thinking quicker is cheaper. Is, is that the way you're looking at it? Something like that. I don't know. But definitely okay. something like Teams. They did Teams. If you remember Teams, there were, uh, it was a very, very simple, but created some gameplay. And what it did is it said, we have an auction house with these NPC teams that you can hire. And if you hire them to your system, to your station, then the whole system will get negative 10% uh, costs for manufacturing whatever it is, like drones, for yeah. instance. And so then I or a player would bid on that and the auction would happen. And in the player who won would make that entire system 10% less to produce drones. So the active gameplay here isn't just that. The active gameplay for people like me was to sit in a centralized spot with all my BPOs and say, oh, look at there, that's only 10 jumps away. I'm going to send an industrial assembly plant to that system for the month. And you would run out your uh, BPCs or BPOs, and you'd set up shop on their dime, and you would produce stuff for 10% less. And that was interesting. Okay. Um, the problem was the auction house didn't work very well because people could chant, they could basically... Uh, they figured out how to manipulate it, and CCP said, "Well, we don't put any more time into this feature, so mm. we're just gonna we're just gonna use it as a PR move and take it out and say, hey, look, everybody, we're not the old CCP. We take out stuff that doesn't work for so basically us.' You want to make industry and, more dynamic, yeah. more absolutely, okay. absolutely, or have a dynamic option. Same. Yeah, that that does make more sense. It, now you've explained it, it does make sense. And yeah, I, I agree. There should be different ways of doing industry that makes it a little bit more interesting than mm -hmm. turning the oven on and then taking yeah. it out a few days later. And I if do. you need, so need something really fast or you need a shorter run, you should be able to uh, make a shorter run that costs more or you should be, uh, or make it quicker that costs more. And they did have stuff like that with different kinds of arrays that you could put on um, – on uh, pauses, but that's kind of been, that kind of has gone away. And so what they've done is they said that industrialists, basically, if you make one or you make 1,000, it doesn't matter. It's just an issue of having more ingredients there, but yeah. you, the same setup time to do that sort of stuff. 
and and I think they can do what they did with skills, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you if you don't have time to go over to the trade hub to pick up the skill book, you can just buy it at a premium. Well, why not do something like that for BPOs? You don't own the BPO, you don't want to go and collect all the pieces that you need to. Why don't you buy it at a fifty percent premium or and then make industrial make make small run stuff uh, th- easy to get. Would- that would stop people being able to create that stuff then. It would. So I'm not saying that's the answer, but there's something. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm like, actually enjoying the discussion about it. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, that. yeah. But then people won't go and mine this because you buy off. Yeah, well, I, I think if you if you put in if you put in, you know, if you're a baker and you find all the ingredients and you've trained up the research BPO or whatever, and you copied it and you've gone through all this trouble that you should have also a, a longer assembly possibility like it is now but if you need something on the fly like oh my god i need you know two more pieces to make this fit work so i can fly in this fleet uh a lot of times or let's say something more significant like you only have three out of five uh turrets and and that's maybe not enough or whatever then there should be a way to kind of uh, some kind of a system to make small order stuff really quickly at a super high premium you also have the same thing with um uh, alchemy, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Alchemy was it was built for a different reason by Fozzy. It was to short circuit the domination of monopolies when they had moons locked up, technetium specifically. Yeah. But if you, but it, he created a system where you could take three or four different ingredients and at a loss boil them down into a uh, the ingredient that you were missing. And that kind of a system was very interesting. And I think you could do something like that for industrials. Mm. Okay. Thank you for clearing that one up. Um, sure. I have one more that I wanted to ask about because this could be taken a couple of ways um players need to be held accountable for their actions so do you mean in-game or for example doxing trolling like reddit or um both of course but i think inside the game when you have criminality and no accountability uh you're really messing with the risk versus reward thing um right now you have a system where uh, a player can uh, cheat and scam and do all these things and not face any punishment. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think if you scam and you break y- the uh, user end agreement, yeah, you can get that character banned, but then you can, you can change an alt, you know, you can, you can jettison characters now. Yeah. So, so I don't think there's accountability like there should be. And that's a problem because Yes, we have to build each other's trust in our corporations and and figure out who we're working with and do we like them, do we trust them and stuff like that. But let's be honest, this is the internet, right? And you can't really trust everybody 100%. And it's if you spent months don't trust anyone. Yeah, and it's celebrated too, yeah. right? Uh, which I think you you celebrate smart heists, you do not celebrate cheap smash and grab scams. Like I think that if you look at um, the judge, right? Biggest heist, biggest heist, yeah, that was incredible. heist in the game. Yeah. Well, it's not celebrated nearly as much as the heist that was much smaller than that. Why? Because there wasn't a lot of real thought that went into it. There was just somebody who was dissatisfied with his situation. So he just grabbed everything and took off. Where the artistry comes in is more or less the consequences and the politics that were behind it, but not the actual crime. Uh, so somebody that could devastate an alliance that was that powerful, mm-hmm. or even the Bob, uh, you know, 
directorship and stuff. And you've seen it with Nelly Segunda losing their rental. And you've seen it all over the place is that one person essentially can devastate an entire organization and all the work they've put into it. And on the one hand, that's kind of crazy. Cool. But on the, but on the other, on the other, it's not really, um, I think it makes this, the security situation what it is, right? You have mm-hmm. to go through so much baloney and you have to give up so much information uh, to an alliance so that they uh, will trust you. And even then, you can't really rely yeah. on that. But um, instead, what it does is it breaks down a, a certain fabric that could be more useful the other way. So why don't we actually err in a different direction? Like, I'll tell you what, you can from your corporation, but the corporation won't be completely devastated, right? Yeah. You can trade with somebody, but you won't completely be devastated by losing all your cash when he adds a couple zeros without you noticing it when you're trading. Uh, you, can make, you can make the game still risky without making it completely devastating. Yeah. Uh, and, I, okay. and I agree with that. And so if you want to devastate somebody, it's got to be more work than just saying, I have access to all this stuff. I'm just going to take it all. <laughs> and who cares? Because I'll melt down this character and then I'll create a new alt and I'll buy injectors and inject them all the way back up to where I was. And I will be completely different in one week. And these guys, all their wealth and all their work will go right into me uh, benefiting from, from all their work. I just Fair. think that's not necessarily a good idea. <laughs> okay. We're going to finish with a fun question because... We've okay. been talking for ages. Um, this is <laughs> right. a fun question. Um, it's something I'm asking everybody. Um, so bear with me on this one. Yeah. Which dev, um, given the choice of people that are at CCP or aren't anymore, um, would you like to sit down with and hash something out about the game? Um, what oh. would be the main thing you wanted to talk with them about and sort out? Oh, there's so many, so many devs. <laughs> And this I is have. why I like this question. It shows where yeah. people think about the game and what team they pick or which dev they pick. So I quite like this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I liked Aterbium quite a bit. Um, I thought uh, a lot of the way that he envisioned um, features and the way he did stuff, as far as I know, because they don't really tell you what they do versus what their actual group does, right? Um, you know, I, I just I think he had an interesting way of looking at the game uh, that was different. Uh, than say, um, I, I don't want to take credit away from anybody because Fozzie is great at the game. He's a, he's mm-hmm. he's crazy. He's like a savant, right? He he has a photographic memory of details. I think he's there in Cyclopedia. He's, he's really interesting to talk to on yeah. a one-to-one level. Really, and he's and he uh, and he is also very creative and very imaginative and interested in many more things than you would normally assume. It's just that he talks on certain things because that's what the players want. Yeah, that's what he's been told to talk about sometimes. Exactly, right. So, you know, I I would put it, but I I think think, uh, Eterbium was a little bit different. He's no longer there. I think there's a lot of them. I wanted to talk to the sound guy because he's made the soundtrack for the last, Mm -hmm. you know, 15 years that I've listened to or or, uh, was it more than a decade? And, you know, I want to talk to... I want to talk to their marketing person, Orca. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I love talking to Hilmar about uh, just the nature of virtual worlds and stuff like that. But so there's the a project. bunch of them. But yeah, but if I had to pick one, 
it would, it would probably have been uh, Terbium, who's no longer there. I think he went to work for Ubisoft. Oh, and I, I really liked uh, uh, CCP Nagua. Um, mm. I just think he was like a Terbium too, and that he saw things in a different. He wanted. To, he was like, you guys, you guys. Uh, you know, he was telling CCP, you guys don't know what you have here. This is something. This is like you need to make tools for markets uh, that. You know where people can invest in each other's corporations, and you can have little takeovers oh, wow. and stuff. Like that. You know, this is the kind of thinking that I like. It's like a not, stock exchange for yeah, corporations. Absolutely, oh, you wow. can take take a hostile takeover of a different corporation. Actually, this is these are a lot of ideas that I have thought about. I'm attribute them to Nagwal, and they're not his. But this is the kind of thinking that he had, which yeah. I was attracted to. Wow, uh, and, that's yeah. definitely food for thought. <laughs> absolutely do hostile takeovers and you know do you know make make the financial tools match the world the yeah. financial tools right now were built in 2003 and they were based on like ameritrade or something mm-hmm. and that's it and it hasn't really improved the graphics got better but not really the system so could do a lot there <laughs> um do you have a closing statement that you'd like to make um yeah. i've been asking you all these questions you've been answering them is there anything you'd like to say um, to the people listening? Yeah, I would. Uh, the, look, there's definitely going to be a lot of PVPers who are on the council, right? Ever since they took an interest in CSM, they changed the nature of it, and that's okay. It needed it, and it's got it. Uh, you have a lot of NullSec PVPers at that because they have the power of a ballot, which is a very organized way because uh, they're very organized people, right? That's why they're organizations yeah. that live in outlaw space. And they have basically, um, they basically have locked up CSM to talk about the issues that are important to them. And they are good players that talk about issues that are not important to them. And they will even work against their interests. So I'm not taking anything away from NullSec candidates. But they don't know what they don't know. And that's my problem with uh, CSM. And that's why I'm running for it. I don't think any, any CSM of the last two or three years could have come up with something like Signal Cartel, for instance. Uh, I don't think that they could have really appreciated, like I appreciate Eve Travel, um, or how much they would have supported a statue for somebody like Katya Seya, who who's done this incredible thing. All of these things appeal to people who don't play the game because it's very uh, imaginative and it's very sandbox. And those are the kinds of things that need to be added to an already good group of people who are worried about balance and worried about Sino jammers and worried about how warfare works on scale. Those guys are getting in. So my plea to people who agree with me and have uh, uh, liked the stuff that I've said over the years through programs uh, and not stuff that I've said, but stuff that other people have said and, and all the stuff that I've done. My plea is that if you're going to vote your ballot, please do, but put my name first and then vote your entire ballot so that at least there is a more than just a, a NullSec PVP-oriented voice. Awesome source. Well, yeah. I'd like to thank you, Matt, for your time. Um, I've actually really enjoyed the interview. So good. I good. did too. You were great, mate. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, no worries at all. 